Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, and uh, welcome to Get Well Soon podcast series. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Please take a moment to leave us a review. And um, uh, I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, As you all may know, I offer holistic wellness solutions for women abuse survivors with chronic illness. Um, And there is a connection, and you can check out my website at meghayworth.com for your free ACE quiz from the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, and also for my ebook that offers a solution for the body holding the memories of our abuse situations. Um, uh, there's a lot more on my website, so please go there to meghayworth.com to learn more about that. Um, so uh, if you are currently looking for help, there are uh, a lot of resources that I have on my website. Um, also, more podcasts today's podcast i'm excited to talk about sleep it's one of it's probably one of the biggest issues that i hear people complaining about um, especially women in midlife and we're going to talk about that a little bit um uh but if you want more podcasts like this just head on over to my blog and podcasts um, at get well now with top experts that i've talked to like jj virgin on traumatic brain injuries dr david friedman the best-selling author of food sanity um and uh joe cross from the movie fat sick and nearly dead and just tons more so um i'm really honored to be able to put this information out into the world to help people get well um so please i love hearing your feedback so if you can email me and give me some info about how this work is helping you that'll help me help you more so um today i have beth o'hara she is a functional naturopath and she specializes in chronic health conditions related to mast cell activation and histamine intolerance, including autism spectrum disorders, mold toxicity, chemical sensitivities, and food sensitivities. And I know a lot of us are suffering from that. Um, I'm one of them too, um, though I honestly can say I'm not suffering anymore because I found how to live life the, the right way for my body. And I hope this will help you do the same. She's the founder and owner of Mass Cell 360, a functional naturopathy uh, practice. It's designed to look at all factors surrounding health conditions, genetic, biochemical, uh, mental, emotional, social, and environmental. So she's a doctoral candidate, candidate in functional naturopathy, naturopathy through the New Eden School of Natural Health. And she holds a master's degree in marriage and family therapy and a bachelor in physi- physiological psychology. She's certified in functional genomic analysis and is a research advisor for the Nutrigenic Research Institute. She presents at functional medicine conferences and will be speaking uh, next at the 2019 Environmental Toxins and Genomics Conference. Uh, Please welcome Beth O'Hara to the podcast. Dr. Meg, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. And I love that we're on the same wavelength in terms of the mind-body connection. Yeah, me too. And that you're looking at the holistic system um, because you can't, I found you can't address one thing without really looking at all parts of the puzzle that, that could be involved. 
Absolutely. So, um, so I'm, I know probably a lot of people have the big, big question on their minds. What is mast cell activation syndrome? Well, I think it's important we're talking about this today because it's, it is highly involved in sleep. So to talk about what mast activation syndrome is, first we have to talk about what the mast cells are. Mm -hmm. And those types of cells are really important immune cells in the body. So they are the first line defenders for any kind of infection or allergen. And the job of those mast cells is to surround and isolate the invader and then signal to other immune cells that there's something going on. Okay. And these are really incredibly intelligent cells because they can selectively release over 200 different chemicals. So we know wow. mo- most about, we talk most about histamine, mm-hmm. but they can release all of these other chemicals as well, prostaglandins and chemokines. It's just amazing. Cytokines, they even release serotonin. Wow. And so the mast cell activation syndrome is what happens when the mast cells become overreactive and they're over-releasing those inflammatory chemicals. So it's not that the mast cells are bad or we want to get rid of them or we want to stop them from doing what they do. It's that they get dysregulated. And so what we want to do is get them working right again. Okay. And what do you find are some of the things that dysregulate the cells? from doing their job well, the way they're supposed to. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of root, um, possible root triggers. And so I'll touch on the highlights um, and we, we can dive into the ones that you want to dive into a little bit more, but I'll hit the highlights. And then if people want to get all the info about these, they can go to mastcell360.com slash free report. Okay. And that's where I really have all of these laid out. But one that I know you you work with a lot too is those food triggers. Uh And so it can be histamine food triggers. But even beyond that, uh, people can have other things that stimulate the mast cells like lectins, glutamates, and oxalates. Okay. So that's one of them. Diet's a big one. Um, Infections are a big one, especially chronic infections like Lyme, chronic um, herpes Mm -hmm. issues. And there's tons of different types of herpes viruses. So we usually think of herpes simplex one and two or chicken pox, but there's lots of different types of herpes viruses. And some of them will affect the brain and attack the blood brain barrier. And then that definitely affects sleep. Um, Mold toxicity is a huge one. I see a lot of people with mass activation syndrome that have mold toxicity. Yeah. And that's a huge thing that people are talking about a lot. And, and I would imagine that that the mold toxicity affects sleep as well, right? It does that it depends on um, which types of mold organisms are colonizing your body, but many of them do affect the blood brain barrier and it's a big disruptor in sleep. And I've had mold toxicity myself. I grew up in an old farmhouse and I've had sleep issues my whole life really until just about a year ago. I finally got it all worked out. I got it fixed, but this was the mold toxicity and dealing with infections and toxicity in general were a big key to that. Okay. So um, with mold toxicity affecting sleep, um, I know one of the questions people ask me a lot is, you know, because I don't do testing because um, I really focus on the, the 
mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, how the body holds memory, more release of trauma. Um, but do you do some kind of testing that can help people with identifying this problem in the body? Yes, we have great mycotoxin testing that really ramped up last year in terms of it being more reliable and also covering a broader uh, spectrum of mycotoxins because there's so many different types. And um, there's two great labs now that have really good mycotoxin testing. There's Great Plains and there's a lab called Vibrant and they both have uh, really excellent tests for that. There's a, it's a urine test. It's an at-home urine. So okay. It's really easy to do, but it does have to be provoked to be accurate. So you want to make sure you're working with a practitioner on how to provoke it, to pull those mycotoxins out of the tissues and do it in a way that's not going to worsen any inflammation. Or oh, okay. So when you sick. say provoke, what, what kinds of things provoke it to get a good read? Yeah, typically we use sauna if somebody can tolerate it. Now, a lot of people with mass activation syndrome have trouble mm-hmm, with because sauna. Because of the heat? It's the um, heat but that... if some... okay. Yeah, it's the heat. And it can, if it's an infrared sauna, it also can be the particular wavelength can trigger okay. mast cells. So if somebody's tolerating it, then we'll use sauna. If they have a hard time with heat or they don't feel good after sauna, we skip that. And then the other thing that's usually used is glutathione. Okay. So we'll try to get that glutathione level up to what's tolerated. Try to get up to 500 milligrams twice a day if we can. And people do that for about a week if they're tolerating it. Now, when I did my mycotoxin tests, I couldn't take that much at all. I got up to about um, 250 milligrams. I was feeling really sick. So I had to back it back down and just do what I could do. Uh, But that's what we stop people through on how to provoke it and kind of work it out, customize it for them. And they, they do those things for about a week, and then they collect that urine. It has to be first okay. morning right. urine. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, let's get back a little bit to mast cell ex- activation syndrome, and how does it actually affect sleep? Okay, can I hit on those um, just real quick? The Absolutely, other factors, yeah. Um, here. So um, I see toxicity, like chemical toxicity and heavy metals affecting mast okay. activation a lot. Um, lots of genetic factors. So genetic analysis has come a long way and we're up to over 10,000 genetic variants that are involved in root issues related to mast cell activation syndrome. And I do that through a kit called Your Genomic Resource and uh, software that Dr. Bob Miller developed. He's done an amazing job with that. And then um, nutritional deficiencies is a big one. So there's a lot of nutrients that help regulate the mast cells. Things like um, fatty acid balance Mm. is really important. Magnesium. um, Having sulfur in the body. The body uses sulfur to stabilize the mast cells. Um, Hypoxia is a big (sighs) issue. That's where either... So hypoxia means low oxygen... And it can be from sleep apnea, but there's other types of airway obstructions. So I have an airway obstruction because I also have something called Ehlers-Danlos, where my connective tissue is a little too soft. So my trachea will start to relax and close in a little when I lie down. 
And other people can have these kind of airway issues because their um, dental arch is too narrow and it crowds the tongue and then the tongue falls back in the throat. And that really affects sleep. So um, I love it if we could circle back around to that one because that's a big thing. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I, um, hypoxia, I mean, it makes me think too just about the brain and loss of oxygen to the brain and how that can affect you. Um, and we talked a little bit about brain injuries even before we started this podcast, and that's something I really want to talk about as well is how a lot of people don't understand they have a brain injury from something that happened years ago. You know, it could be an accident you got in, it could be, you know, you on the soccer field, you know, um, it could be you hit your head on a, a door you know it could be so many different things so um anyway it just made me think of that piece as well um yeah and that right that's connected as well right exactly and those kinds of injuries you know can change the structural alignment of the jaw and the neck um i was just thinking in, in terms of the injury i was telling you about earlier where when I was nine, I was yeah, kicked in the head wow. by a horse. And I um, was unconscious for a while. I definitely had a brain injury. But back then, we didn't even know much about concussions. You know, that was quite a while ago. And I grew up in the country. And, you know, we didn't have um, any kind of concussion centers or things like that that you have now. And so there wasn't anything done to address it other than stitch me up and send me home. But I'm sure that affected my jaw and my neck mm-hmm. positioning, all of that, and affected, because I was still growing, it affected how my dental arch developed. I see. Wow. That's fascinating. And I'm sure it sounds like, too, that these you've had a lot of experiences, obviously, that are connected to why you became who you are today, huh? I, I had the bad luck of having all of these root causes, <laughs> but on the other hand, then I had to yeah. learn a lot about them. Um, the, the other two that I um, see a lot with people with mass activation syndrome and sleep issues are the hormone balances, imbalances, and um, and then the stress and the early trauma is a big one because that really affects the nervous system wiring and people get stuck in that fight or flight yeah. response. And I know that you're, yeah, absolutely. There. Yeah. The post-traumatic stress response um, that people don't realize that they're having it because it's, it becomes such a normal part of your existence. So um, until you recognize it and do something about it, it, it kind of, it can really run your life. So, and it doesn't have to, you know, which I think is the good, the good news. But um, anyway, we've been all over the place, but I think, you know, people are going to follow because I love that we're really hitting on a lot of little snippets of things that could be affecting your sleep um, through our own personal stories. And some of my favorite people to refer people to are people who've been there and they know what it's like to go through the things you've gone through, a brain injury, mold toxicity, um, food intolerances, all of those things. So, um, okay, so where were we? (laughs) We're going to talk about how the mast cells are involved with Yes, go there. Yeah. Okay, so... The, there's a 
lots of mast cells throughout the body. So they're along the skin, they're along the gut. Um, there's, they're in most of the tissues in the body. And this is why the symptoms are so varied. And there's a lots and lots of possible symptoms for mast cell activation syndrome. One of them that's really, really common is sleep disruption. And this is because there's so many mast cells in the brain. So when those mast cells are getting overreactive, and they'll get overreactive from anything that's inflammatory, that's their job is to respond to that. But if we've got chronic infections or chronic toxicity or chronic stress or chronic hormone imbalances, any of those things we talked about, then they get, they go kind of haywire and they start um, responding in ways that they shouldn't or over responding. And some of the inflammatory chemicals that they release are things like histamine. Histamine acts as an excitatory neurotransmitter in the brain. So it's involved in immune response, but it's also a neurotransmitter and it helps regulate sleep-wake cycles. And the body naturally releases the most histamine around 3 a.m. And so if your histamine stores are already too high from high histamine diet or from chronic infection, so your histamine levels are already up, then this 3 a.m. histamine release can wake you up. Ah, so for people that are waking up and looking at the clock and it's like 3.33, <laughs> which I've had this happen. Yeah, exactly. Why does this keep happening? So it's, wow, that's, that's yeah. a very interesting piece of information for people to know. And it can be a different time for different people. So depending on what your cycle is. So some, for some people, it may be 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. For some people, it might be 4 a.m. And then that excess histamine can start to affect some of the other neurotransmitters. So it'll affect our glutamate GABA balances, our serotonin. And serotonin is what becomes later on melatonin. And so sleep is so complex and everything that goes into it, it's like an orchestra and everything has to play at the right time and the right tone and the right volume. And so if these things, the serotonin, the GABA, the melatonin get too low or the histamine and dopamine, norepinephrine, or glutamates are too high, we're going to have trouble sleeping and we can have trouble falling asleep with high histamine levels too. I used to, not be able mm -hmm. to fall asleep. And I was, uh, I ended up, so my sleep got so bad about 10 years ago. And this is when I was still going practitioner, practitioner. I saw over 50 different practitioners, wow. Dr. Meg, trying yeah. to figure this stuff out. And I spent over $100,000. Oh, I heard so much. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. And this was before anybody knew what mast cell activation syndrome was, and hardly anybody even knew what histamine mm -hmm. intolerance was. And a, a well-meaning practitioner told me to take Benadryl. She said, you know, just take Benadryl. It's one of the safest things that you can wow. take to sleep. And so I did. And this was before the dementia studies came out oh. on Benadryl. And I ended up addicted yeah, a lot to of Benadryl. Are, and and, it's, well, I know personally oh. I tried it a couple times because I had the same uh, um, suggestion. And it made me feel so sick and just foggy and gross. I just couldn't keep doing it. But so you got addicted to the Benadryl yeah. and then what happened to you? I did. Well, I, it still didn't help me sleep. It just at least 
made it to where I could lie still <laughs> for about four hours, uh, but I couldn't sleep. I just drifted. I never really got into deep sleep or wow. sleep. That's dangerous. <laughs> Oh, it was horrible. I was chronically sleep deprived for about five years, five, wow. maybe six years. But when the dementia studies came out, I thought, I'm in trouble because at that point I had been on Benadryl. Can you say a little bit years. about the connection between dementia and Benadryl use? I have not heard this one yet. Yeah, these were some really groundbreaking studies that came out a few years ago that um, the first generation antihistamines like Benadryl, like hydroxazine, which is also called Adorax, and the benzodiazepines have been linked very clearly to dementia. And the dementia may not um, become onset until up to 20 years later. Wow. So this, so that this is in reference to long-term use of these drugs or? If it's been used oh, for wow. two years. So it only takes as much as two years. And we don't know for the shorter term use what the long-term effects are. This is why I really tell people we've got to figure out what the root of the sleep issues are, what the root of the mass selectivation mm -hmm. syndrome is. Instead of just using medications to yes. mask yeah. the symptoms, one, those medications can become dangerous. Two, they're not fixing the root issue. And if we don't fix the root issue, it usually gets worse and worse over time, which makes sleep issues progressive, makes mass cell activation symptoms I see. Wow. So now I hear this complaint a lot from women in middle age that are going through perimenopause and, and menopause, um, even postmenopause, um, having a lot of issues with sleep. How does, uh, how do you address that in terms of mast cell activation? And, and is that sometimes what the problem is? Yes, they're really interrelated. And so because the mast cells are so central in the body, lots of different kinds of changes in the body can affect them. And so one of the things that helps stabilize mast cells is progesterone. And so if we think about as we go through hormonal changes, even going into menopause, if the, the estrogen may drop off, but the progesterone may be dropping mm -hmm. off even more. And if we think about estrogen dominance, not meaning necessarily we have high estrogen, but that we have more estrogen than progesterone, okay. even if the levels are low. If estrogen stimulates mast cells to release histamine and these other excitatory or inflammatory wow. molecules, and so that estrogen dominance can contribute. Another thing that happens hormonally for people, especially when they've been ill, chronically ill for a long time, you know, as the cortisol can spike up initially and then drop off. And we get that HPA access dysregulation that a lot of people call adrenal fatigue. And low, too low cortisol is just as problematic as too high cortisol. And that cortisol also stabilizes mast cells. It's really important for immune regulation. Wow. Um so what kinds of, of recommendations do you have for listeners, something that they can do right away um, to help them with, uh, well, maybe determining root cause, but just, just to help them with sleep in general? Well, it's always important to start with the basics. So, and I imagine most people listening to your podcast have, have done that because they're, they're 
researching and learning lots of things. And that's just the kind of people they are. But when you yes. start with those basics, like not eating too late, try to stop eating, uh, do a trial of gluten-free, stop inflammatory foods, don't do lots of caffeine, well, all that kind of stuff. Let's go back for a second. What's eating too late? Like um, after a certain hour or? It depends on um, when people go to bed. Everybody's got their own personal rhythm, but probably um, more than or less than three hours before bed. Okay. All right. So that can disrupt sleep. Like the word. Yeah. Um, I I really love blue light blocking glasses. Have you tried these? I haven't yet, but I have friends who have and that they've really had great success. So you use those during the day, like on your computer, right? Well, my computer and on my phone, I keep, um, I use different apps. I use the blue light filter on my phone all the time. On the laptop or computer, I use an app called Flux and it helps stream the blue light out and it's a free app. I love that app. And then it just kind of shifts the color tone, makes it warmer. But then at night, at about eight o'clock, I put on my blue light glasses, blue light blocking glasses. And there's lots of really expensive Uh. ones out there. But my tip is that Mm -hmm. I use the $8 orange safety glasses off of Amazon. And I look really, you know, like um, space age and kind of geeky, but it works. (laughs) They're always dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes you have to just get over the how it looks thing if you want your health to improve. It's like, this is this is what I'm trading for sleep. <laughs> so it's worth it. And they work so great. I take them to the movies with me. Um, and I just put them on, you know, like after the lights go down. But I love those. Oh, okay. And I notice that if I don't wear those at night, that uh, my sleep is not as good. And at this point in my life, okay. I have deep, great, restless sleep, usually 28 days out of 30. So maybe two nights okay. I might have trouble. And it's usually because I forgot to wear my, my blue light blocking glasses or forgot to take my supplements. Um, so, okay. And what's up? Speaking of supplements, what supplements do you recommend? that might help with sleep. I know magnesium yeah, is one. Yeah, I, I think, you know, people, if they're just starting with supplements for this, um, low-dose melatonin is really safe if it's a little low-dose. And um, I usually have people start with about one and a half to three milligrams. But the thing with melatonin okay. is you want to get a really good brand, like um, a pharmaceutical-grade brand, because there are some toxins in the... Um, non-pharmaceutical grade brands and melatonin is so cheap. Okay. It'll cost you $10, $12 to get pharmaceutical brand melatonin. Now I would imagine that taking melatonin at a certain time of day, like a certain amount of time before you go to bed. Yeah, is that- yeah usually about an hour before bed. So oh, okay. Have a little All right, that's good to know. Yeah. And-, and can you... Can you insert a couple of pharmaceutical grade companies? Yeah, I really like Pure Encapsulation and Thorn for melatonin. So those are good. Um, Designs for Health is a really good brand. So some of those kinds of brands. Great. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Good. So those are, what else? Magnesium. (laughs) I love magnesium threonate. Have you ever used that? No, I haven't. So this is the only form of magnesium that crosses the blood brain barrier, unless you have leaky blood brain barrier like I do. And I don't know if you do Dr. Meg, but, um, 
magnesium three and eight crosses the blood brain barrier. And it's the okay. form that uh, works best for sleep. So really, really like it. There's lots of brands that make that. It's not um, as cheap as other forms of magnesium. It's a little more pricey, but it's really worth it. And mm -hmm. it's really great for calming brain inflammation. Okay, good to know. Um, that's interesting too. I, I've got to address that real quick is the blood brain barrier and having leaky blood brain barrier. Um, I Does your testing help people determine that? Yes, there's a wonderful panel that just came out early this year, actually. It's from Vibrant Labs, and it's called a Neural Zoomer. And then they also have a Neural Zoomer oh. Plus that looks at infections that are um, attacking the blood-brain barrier. And it has a lot of markers that can show us specifically is the blood-brain barrier leaky and can point towards what mm -hmm. the underlying piece might be. So I'm really excited about that panel, and that's really helping um, me work with a lot of people that are having sleep issues and brain inflammation. Okay. Okay. Are there any other tidbits that you can give to listeners to help them with um, with sleep? Well, I did make a write a blog post on um, insomnia supplements. And so if people are looking for some more ideas, and I really go into a lot of detail, I have nine, my top nine. So that's on masscell360.com slash blog. And you'll, I'll put that at the top of the list so people can find it. Um, but okay, beyond great. that, so I, I tell people, you know, if you're having trouble with sleep, try those basics. Relax before bedtime. Try some of the supplements, the blue light blocking glasses. If these aren't fixing it, and my sleep issues were way beyond all of this. And uh, yeah. I know a lot of people's sleep issues are way beyond that then we have to step through what those root causes are. And so I have a client who, um, he had seen so many people, Dr. Mag, he had been to sleep clinics and he had been to a lot of the prestigious medical clinics. He'd been to a couple of um, inpatient psychiatric units because he had no sleep for two wow. years. And, oh, you know, and he had done all of this stuff. He had worked through everything we've talked about so far. He had so many people tell him that it was just in his head. He didn't want, you know, there was some reason he didn't want to sleep. He did um, cognitive behavioral therapy. He really worked through, you know, the emotional side of it. He was very diligent. Yeah. But nobody had looked at root causes. And we started running the labs and we found out he had mold toxicity. He had, we ran that neural zoomer. He had two herpes viruses that are attacking the blood-brain barrier. Um, we looked wow. at his genetics, and he had genetics that just lined him up for having iron dysregulation, which is really inflammatory. And so as we stepped through these and started working with them, the sleep's getting better. And it's, it's not overnight. I don't have any overnight fixes. That's not what my practice is. It's yeah. hard work. But, he, you know, he, now he's up to... He can sleep about four to five hours a night, which is not where we. Wow, that's it's that's an improvement. improvement. We've got longer to go, but we're getting some results, and it's because we're getting to these root causes and doing things to take care yeah. of the inflammation. But so individual, working with him was so different than what I needed to fix my sleep issues. So, I think that's key: is to work with a functional practitioner if you have mass activation syndrome to really make sure that 
person understands mast cell issues and um, make sure that you're getting good functional labs to find out what these root pieces are. Okay. Wow, you've given so much great information today. I really so appreciate having you on this episode. Um, now, you say you have a free report. Can you say a little bit about that and how people Yeah, can so get that it? free report steps through the root causes and mast cell activation syndrome. But I tell you, Dr. Meg, those are the root causes in a lot of chronic issues, um, not just mast activation mm. syndrome. But it'll give you some background on what mast activation syndrome is if people aren't sure what it is or what they if they have it. And there's also a website or a page on the website that talks a lot about what it is. And you can look at the symptoms and see if you think you might have it. But whether you think you have it or not, okay. those root causes are really implicated in sleep as well. So I think it's worth checking out. Okay. And so the root causes we talked about are really go into detail on what those are and how you might know if you might have them. And so that's at mastcell360.com slash free report. Okay, great. All right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world. And it sounds like you're really able to help people at such a deep level um, with sleep and many other issues. Thank you so much, Dr. Meg. It's a it's really an honor and a privilege to get to team up with you here. And I love knowing about the work that you're doing with your whole person integration techniques. And I'd love to send some people to you to work on some of those things as well for their healing. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. I mean, that's you. Just, that's it. It's really a holistic process, you know. Um, and uh, anyway, I just am so appreciative of all of you that are listening to this podcast today. And I thank you so much, uh, Beth O'Hara, soon to be doctor. I keep wanting to call you Dr. O'Hara. <laughs> you just feel like you've had, you know, more than a, a doctoral uh, education and just your own personal experience. Um, but at any rate, thank you so much for listening. And I truly hope that this information will help people with sleep to get well now. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.